When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Seven to two, Kansas City. A look back at the runner, and now the one-two on the way, and it is strike three called inside corner, and the Kansas City Royals have won the World Series. They are mobbing Wade Davis out on the infield, dressed just beside the mound, as the Royals are the champions of baseball for the first time in 30 years. All right, welcome in Red Sox beat. That is the final out of the. 2015 World Series, courtesy of ESPN Radio. Royals are your 2015 World Champions. We'll break it all down here this week, but of course, every like every week, this week is brought to you by Casper. It's an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter that promo code, which of course is Celtics. Like I said, 2015 World Champs are the Kansas City Royals. Uh, you two lovey, lovey-dovey partners over there, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, just getting over a cold, but other than that, I'm good. It's a struggle. I'm with you. It's awful. Yep. Well, I'm feeling great, and I'm feeling better that Kansas City Royals won the World Series, so I'm jacked up. Well, aren't you just the best in the world, Jeff? Yeah, I'm always the best in the world. I am so ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, oh, just man. Well, I am happy. I know you are, because you're the one who picked the Royals of the show yep. to win the World Series. I told you guys um, I was going to be right. I told you. We'll get into the World Series in just a bit. I'm going to have Jess do a little quick little recap to catch you up, because last time we were on the air, the World Series hadn't started yet. I didn't expect it to be over by the time this show was recorded, but it is. So we'll, get, we'll just let Jess catch you up in a second, but I will say that I am more on the side of the Mets coughed this one up than the Royals 100% earned it. I know Jess might hate me for that one, but we'll get into that argument in just a bit. <laughs> Jess... Catch up our lovely listeners and just a quick recap of what went on in this World Series. Well, I don't know how quick it can be because there were some, some long games in the series, especially the first one. <laughs> yeah, start off on a good note, right? Like, right. My God. So the first game of the World Series went to 14 innings. It's like, okay, welcome to the World Series. Everyone thought it would be a great a great series, a long series. Didn't turn out to be. It was a, it was a very good series. It just wasn't long, So except the first game. <laughs> the games were long. <laughs> the games were long, but the series wasn't long. So, yeah, exactly. So the first game, Kansas City won 5-4 to four in 14 innings. Uh, they got up on in the first inning up one nothing on an Alcides Escobar inside the park home run to start the World Series. That, that's a fun way to start it off. Um, but then the Mets scored the next three runs. It got up 3-1. to one. The big run of that was Curtis Granderson home run in the fifth. Uh, but then the Kansas City, being relentless as they always are, got two runs in the bottom of the sixth, tied it at three. Mets got one in the eighth. Up four to three, and then the big bop was Alex Gordon with a solo home run in the bottom of the ninth inning off Jury's Familia to tie the game at four. They were just a couple outs away from winning, and Familia hadn't blown a save since July, and Gordon, Gordon hit the big bomb and uh, tied it up at four. Little do we know that 
That would be the only run for five innings, and they go all the way to the 14th inning, and the Royals loaded up the bases with nobody out, and Eric Hosmer hit a sack fly off Bartolo Colon and won the game 5-4. to four. Um, The starters in this game, Matt Harvey for the Mets, went six innings, gave up three runs, five hits, two strikeouts. Not a bad game. Um, And Edison Edison Volquez for Kansas City found out before the game that his father had died and pitched a very solid game anyway. Six innings, six hits, three runs. Uh, Kept him right in the game. They both pitched pretty much exactly the same. So that's why I went to 14 innings, and Kansas City won. They took a 1-0 lead. Uh, And then in game two, um, that was was weird. My my box score is like completely left the screen right right as I was going to it. Right away. Okay, sorry about that. So, (laughs) back to game two uh, in Kansas City as well. And Kansas City won 7-1 in a statement game from Johnny Cueto, that's for sure. He pitched a complete game, two-hit, one-run outing, three walks and four strikeouts, threw 122 pitches. He was completely dominant, totally outpitched Jacob deGrom, who pitched five innings and gave up four runs, which was not very good. And Cueto was just dominant the whole time. Uh, he actually gave up the first run in the game in the fourth on a Lucas Duda RBI single, but that was all he gave up. And then the Royals got four in the fifth inning all on RBI or two RBI singles. And then the eighth inning, they got three more runs and put the game away, all for Cueto. And he did not <laughs> miss a beat and went the complete game. was completely dominant. That was a fun game. And that's two absolutely fantastic games he had in the World Series, which is going to make people want him a lot more in the offseason because he was a lot of a big question mark. And he really he really brought it to, to the big time and pitched an incredible couple games in the playoffs. So before I... Further in my recap, I'm, I'm sure both of you guys are, are feeling a lot better about his possibilities after pitching so well in such huge games. Yeah, I, I, I like what he did. I don't know if he's still on the I don't know if he's on the top of my list yet still, but um, I, I think it's definitely a big improvement, and I think that um, it's definitely worth looking into if you're Dombrowski. I mean, there are a lot of options. Don't get me wrong for Dombrowski, but I think he has to be up there with the way he pitched. Yeah, I think we all know how I feel about Johnny Cueto. I obviously want him here, and especially that Game 2 performance. He was just so locked in. He was focused, and it was just, like, the Royals really needed something, like, big from him, and obviously he did. He went above and beyond. He pitched the entire game, and it's just like, how can you not want somebody like that on your team to lead them into the playoffs and beyond? It's just like, we need him. We need him right now. Yeah, it makes me want him a lot more because I know he's inconsistent sometimes, but I'm always looking for playoff success and having a two-hit, two one-run complete game in the World Series and then also retiring nine straight and then a completely dominant outing to win uh, the first round of the playoffs in a game five. Absolutely incredible. He's He pitched really, really well. So, And he put up the Royals up 2 to nothing, which is huge because when teams go up 2 nothing, they don't often lose the series. Granted, they were home games, but... Big star for them. They were ready to come out and, and uh, win this year as they lost in Game 7 last year. So brought us into Game 3, which was the only Mets win of the series. The Mets won 9-3 to in their first home game. Iordano Ventura for Kansas City pitched very poorly. Five runs in three and a third innings. Uh, and his team couldn't bail him out on offense because Noah Syndergaard pitched very well. Um, three runs, six strikeouts, seven hits in six innings. Very, very solid game and 
He had plenty of run support with the nine runs. The Mets were up five to three in the sixth, and then they got four more runs to make it nine three. So they kind of just ran away with it uh, with a, a slew of hits, home runs in this game for David Wright and Curtis Granderson for the Mets. So they won nine to three in that game. And as we talked about or before we started the show here, this is the game where Noah, Noah Syndergaard threw uh, up and into Alcides Escobar, and the Mets. I mean, the Royals thought it was a, a cheap throw, and then he was throwing at him, and Syndergaard basically challenged Escobar and like said, like, I'll throw inside. And I believe Lauren has the quote of what was said in that. I do. He said, my intent was to make them uncomfortable, and I feel like I did that. I know that for every postseason game that Escobar has swung at, first, at a first-pitch fastball, and I didn't think he would want to swing at that one. If they have a problem with me throwing inside, then they can meet me 60 feet, 60 feet 6 inches away. I've got no problem with that. <laughs> love it. So great. I love I love stuff like that. Me too. It just makes the playoffs so much more intense and just so much more fun and I love I love it. I love the the intensity and obviously it didn't work out that well for the Mets, but I love the just the playoff intensity. It's so great. Yeah, it's it's good when you do something like that and then don't try to like sugarcoat it and be like, "Oh, I I didn't mean to do that or anything." He was just like, "Yes, that's exactly what I meant to do, and this is exactly what I think." And if you don't <laughs> like it, too bad. <laughs> you know, and I, well, I know we'll break it down a little bit more after your recap, Jess. But the one thing I hate, I love about it is because you don't see that that much anymore in baseball. Uh-huh. A lot of these guys are like best friends, so like you don't really see the heated rivals. Like that's why the Red Sox Yankee rivalry isn't as great as it used to be. They all love each other. David Ortiz likes a Rod. Like, right? That wouldn't happen back in the day. Where's the fun in that? Yeah, no one should like A-Rod if you're on the Red Sox. Where's the hate? Come on. <laughs> I guess no one should like A-Rod, period. Uh, but. but people like him as an analyst, so. <laughs> he sounded weird, by the way. I think it was last night when he was in the booth. I don't know, but he sounded really weird. He like didn't sound like he should be in the booth at all. <laughs> well, he's a player, not an analyst, so maybe that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad Syndergaard didn't back down from it, and it's a smart thing. If he swings a lot of first pitches, then yeah, throw him up inside and see what he does. I, I, I got no problem with it. So so that was your Game 3 win, so Syndergaard's bluster was exciting, and unfortunately for him, it didn't carry over any further than this game because Game 4 belonged to the Kansas City Royals after a long battle, and they won it late. Uh, the Mets were up 3-2 to two in this game for the majority they got up 2 nothing in the third. Michael Conforto with a home run, and Gr- Curtis Granderson had a sack fly. Kansas City got back 2-1, to one, and then Conforto had another home run, made it 3-1. to one, And then Kansas City does did what Kansas City does. They got four runs in – they one run in the sixth to, to uh, get to 3-2, to two, and then they got three runs in the top of the eighth to, to go up 5-3. to three. Um, Huge error by Daniel Murphy on Eric Hosmer's hit, which opened the floodgates for Mike Moustakas and Salvador Perez each to get RBI singles. So Murphy kind of blew that game. I I don't want to talk about him right now, but I want to get to it later because of his drastic change from series to series. But that blew that game, and it was a huge game because it was in New York. They needed to tie the series at two. Instead, Kansas City won 5-3 to and went to game five up 3-1. to And the Mets have to win three games in a row to win the World Series. And as we... uh, Baseball experts know that has not happened very often, and it's extremely difficult, especially with the last two games in Kansas City when you're down three to one. So, if anyone could have done it, it would have been the pitching of the Mets, though. That's this is true, but pitching the Mets wasn't quite the pitching of the Mets that Mets has been because, like we like I said earlier, Degrom wasn't very sharp, and and uh, 
Syndergaard may not have won if he didn't get the nine runs of support. So Harvey was good, but you know, there's still some question marks. Uh, Steven Matz pitched this game four, and he was he was fine. Five innings, seven hits, two runs. He kept him in the game. Uh, Chris Young started for Kansas City, went four innings, gave up two runs. But that was that was all about the late innings. Uh, which brought us into game five with the Royals up three to one, and they didn't want to wait around and go back to Kansas City. Um, Matt Harvey started this game for the Mets, and after eight innings, he given up two or three hit three hits and no runs. Uh, he was up two to nothing. Uh, they got the Mets got two runs off Edison Volquez in six innings. Once again, pitching for his dad that that uh, that died before the series started. Um, he pitched well, kept him in the game. Harvey was better, uh, and it brought us all the way to the top of the ninth inning. And we're going to get into this right when I'm done with this. But Terry Collins left Matt Harvey out in the mound to go for the complete game shutout or a complete game, and he watched Lorenzo Kane to start the inning. Eric Hosmer got an RBI double to make it two to one, and then then Terry Collins took out Harvey. But unfortunately for them, uh, Salvador Perez grounded grounded out. And Lucas Duda threw home to get out Hosmer, who broke right as the throw from third was thrown. And it was a bad throw from Duda, wide right. What a terrible throw. That was a terrible was throw. That was awful. He had so much time. He rushed the crowd. I mean, I understand why he rushed it. He was like, he was angsty. But, like, if he would put that throw was on point, he'd been way game's out. over. Game's oh, over. Yeah. He was out by a mile. Right, because that was the second out of the inning. So, yeah, that would have been, yeah. that would have been that's, the game. That's game over. That's game over. It was just a terrible throw. It was way, way off. Barely, catcher barely even got a glove on it, and Hosmer scored. Really ballsy play by him, but that's how Kansas City plays, and they take advantage of mistakes. And Duda rushed it, and bad throw. They tied it at two, went to extra innings, and in the top of the 12th inning, Christian Cologne, of all people, you know, won a bat in the whole series, or the whole playoffs, I believe. Uh, he had an RBI single, drove in Jared Dyson, Gerard Dyson. That made it 3-2. Alcides Escobar got an RBI double, made it 4-2. And Lorenzo Kane had a three-RBI double, broke it open 7-2. Wade Davis took care of the Mets on three strikeouts, give up one hit in the mix uh, in, the, in the 12th inning. And the Royals won 7-2 in New York, won the World Series in five games. I predicted six. I'll take the five. At least they got the right team. And let me just tell you guys, Kansas City had this all the way. They were never, ever, ever losing two in a row. This team was unbelievably motivated. They are a fantastic group of ball players, and that's why I was so confident in picking them to win this this World Series, no matter how good the Mets were playing, because Kansas City was just motivated all season, and they just, I don't know, this group of players just has some kind of chemistry, and they just, they're never out of a game, and they just, they know how to win. The Rock was Johnny Gomes. Yep. Hacksaw <laughs> Johnny Didn't Gomes. Didn't even play. <laughs> is the uh, lovely clue to that team. I'm going to sound off on Jess in just a minute, but I want to ask you guys, because um, I don't agree with him at all. But, surprising, I know. Um, that last play that David Wright um, got the ground ball through to first and Duda didn't make the throw home. If Flores fielded that ball instead of David Wright, are they able to break for home plate? Because when David Wright fielded that ball, it looked like he he had to turn around to see the third baseman. He didn't turn around that long to look the runner back at third. He and he had his back to the runner when he grabbed the ball. If Flores makes that play, I'm in strong belief that that play doesn't happen. 
I go either I go either way, and I'm not sure because they were basically right next to each other. So I'm not sure how much of a difference it would make. But considering that he was that Wright's back was turned to the plate, definitely could have made a difference. So I could go either way on it. I'm not sure. Laura, yeah. what do you think? I mean, pretty much. I I'm not really sure either. I could have gone either way. It's you know, there's so much. I feel like there's so much more pressure, especially in the playoffs and the World Series, that you know anybody could have made that terrible throwing error. So I mean, it could have been right. It could have been anybody else. Yeah, I, I just feel when you watch the replay, and I've watched it a couple times today because I knew I wanted to bring it up. When you watch it, it's just a matter of Flores is going in that direction. He's already like in front of the ball. David Wright obviously cuts him off. It's what you're supposed to do as a third baseman. But Flores, if he picks that ball up, obviously we'll have plenty of time to throw the guy out at first. And we'll already be looking at the runner at third. So at that point, I think you're able to look him back a little longer and keep him from having the time to run. He didn't have the time anyway. If it was a good throw, like we said, he's out by a mile. But I think that that little small communication error and David Wright wanting to make that play could have also caused them that run. Yeah, it definitely could have, I think. Just the fact that Flores would have been faced the right way could have made the, that extra inch of a difference, but I guess we'll never know. As I say, I guess we'll never know now. <laughs> no, we will not. We will not. So there you go. There's Jess's recap of what happened this week. Again, the Royals win in five, and his recap, of course, is brought to you by DraftKings. There's still plenty of football to be played this season, but it already feels like the playoffs at DraftKings.com, where millionaires are being crowned all season long. DraftKings is fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. That's the beauty of one-week fantasy at DraftKings. With so much money up for grabs, every game is the big game, and every play matters Renew old rivalries or create new ones by playing head-to-head with friends, co-workers, and fantasy players from across the nation. Just pick your contest, draft your players, and collect your winnings, and that's it. This isn't fantasy as usual, folks. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and turn your love of football into a life-changing payday. Use promo code New England and play for free with your draft, your first deposit in Sunday's million-dollar fantasy football contest. First place takes home 100 grand. Enter New England for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Now, Jess, you said from day one that you thought, well, beginning of the World Series day one, you thought Royals were going to win. No problem. No hesitant in picking them. Clearly, you were right. They won the World Series. But I don't want to give the Royals all the credit just yet because I don't know if Lauren agrees with me or not. she probably agree with you. I don't know. But <laughs> my, my take of this is I think the Mets coughed it up more than the Royals won. Game one, blown safe. That's on the Mets, not the Royals. I know the Royals are, have a huge history of coming back, so I'm not taking all the credit away from them. But look, it's the way it is. Mets blow a safe. That's on them. Game two... Probably the Royals should have won that game, fair and square. Game three, Mets win. Game four, David Wright makes an error that he shouldn't be making. Not David Wright, excuse Dan me. Murphy, Dan Murphy, yeah. Makes the error that he shouldn't be making. Mets are up at that point. They should not have lost that game either. I know you can agree with me on that one. They should not have lost that game. That's another game. Realistically, that becomes 2-2, if not 3-1, if they don't blow the save in the first game. And then last night, shouldn't have lost either. Because Matt Hart, and we'll talk about this, Matt Harvey shouldn't have been in past that walk in the ninth inning. Mets should have been up 3-1 going into last night. I'm kind of torn with this. Like, I feel like, yes, Jared, you're right to a point, but at the same time, like Jess, I think you said maybe the Royals have more World Series experience, more playoff experience, and the Mets just fell apart. And I mean, the blown save, yeah, it's on them. That, that error, yeah, it's on them. But at the same time, 
if they had the experience, if they were better prepared, I don't know if that's the right word choice, but then the Mets wouldn't have fallen apart. And they were outplayed, they were outpitched, and the Royals were just a better team. And I don't want to say it because I wanted the Mets to win, but <laughs> I, I have to eat my words. And Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from the Royals did because I believe they should have won last year, too. And if it wasn't for Madison Baumgartner, they would have won last year. And last night had a feel to it that almost would have been Last night would have been like last year's Baumgartner game. Like that would have been the game that would have might have stopped them, because Matt Harvey pitched so well. But to me, it's just I look at it and go, okay, yeah, the Royals are good at this. They always come back. They never out of a game, and that's why they're so good. But when the Mets basically, should, it should have been at least been two two going into last night. Last night should not have been the last game of the series. And obviously, there's some managerial decisions we'll get to. Obviously, there's little things, but I feel like again, that's the Mets choking on themselves rather than the Royals just taking it. Well, okay. I hear what you're saying with the errors and how like they shouldn't have done that and they shouldn't have blown the save and stuff. But I mean that's why you got to play the games. You, oh, I understand you, that, Jess, but the Royals—that's not the Royals doing anything. That's just the Mets no, not doing the right thing. No, it is the Royals doing things because the Royals didn't leave Matt Harvey in. Well, no, the Royals didn't. No, but they took advantage of it, and that's what they do. They take advantage of other teams' mistakes. So, and they don't make mistakes themselves. Like they got. Jerry's familiar through pitch. They were, they were down in almost all of these games. Exactly. Of course they make that's their mistakes. They were losing. Right. But so that that's my point. You just said they don't make mistakes. No, yes, but, they did. They were losing in almost all these games. But when the game's over, whoever wins, whoever wins, and they're the ones who yeah, win. Because the Mets choked on themselves. Because the Royals are better. That's not true. Yes, it is. That I mean How is that not it true? To, it has to be true. They won the World Series. That's <laughs> true. But like my point is that you can't look at this and go, the Royals out out. Completely 100% outplayed the Mets. 100%. You can't put this entire win on what the Royals did. You have to put a lot of it, if not some of it, if not a lot of it, on what the Mets didn't do. No. I don't agree. <laughs> How? How? No. I know we're going to go back and forth. This is never going to get resolved. But, like, I don't get how you can't you can sit here and say the Mets just didn't choke on themselves. How you can give 100% of everything that happened to the Royals and nothing, nothing faults on the mess, Mets. Because the, the the Royals are so good, they put pressure on other teams to screw up. Teams are afraid to play them because they're so rel- rel- relentless and so good, and they're always... I don't know if anyone's afraid of the Kansas City Royals. They, they are now. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's looking at the Royals and going, I'm, not, I'm kind of afraid of that. I wouldn't be. They're beatable. They're very beatable. Yeah, that's why they've been in the World Series two years in a row. So beatable. They didn't win last year. Okay, they were 90 feet away from tying the game in Game 7. I'd say they're pretty still good. Didn't, still didn't win. I'm, as you can tell, I'm not a big Royals fan, folks. Right, um, and you're trying to justify win, them winning the World Series by saying they're not as good as they are, but they are. I didn't say they were bad. I sure I hope you deserve to win bad. The, I didn't say they deserved to win the World Series. Okay. I'm just saying that not 100% of that win goes on Kansas City 100% doing what they were supposed to do. Okay, so we'll give them 97%. Fine with me, <laughs> but I think you can say that. I think you can say that about any playoff run for any team in any sport. Like it's not. But this is the first time ever, Lauren, that these pe- like a, part, a team won a World Series. In, they were down three games in this series, and they came back and won all of them. That's the first time that's ever happened. This is the first time ever in a World Series a closer has blown three saves. Well, Lauren, what were you gonna say? Um, no, I was just like, you can say that not 100 percent of the wins can fall on one team there's going to be errors on both sides there's going to be bad judgment calls on both sides that's going to affect one side or the other and i i think a lot of it has to come down to the mets choking on themselves yes hello but, thank you there it but, is but, but I, I hate butts guys stop it i do feel that 
the Mets were outplayed and the Royals were just better prepared for this series. I don't think they should have won in five, no, but after Johnny Cueto's game two, I was like, crap, I completely made the wrong decision. But what I just said to the point of the, the three, the two things that hadn't happened in like ever in World Series history, it took that for the Royals to win. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. They won in five games. It took, it's not we, like they won in seven. I, I would totally agree with what you said if this game went to seven games, this series went to seven games and went down the last inning. They won in five. It wasn't even close. But Which the games themselves were close. Like, How is this not close? All these games were good, except for the couple blowouts, which went one each way. So, like, I don't understand how you can say this wasn't close, even though it was five games. This was a great series for being five games. Oh, it was definitely a great series, but you got to go by who wins the series, and they won four out of five games. That's pretty decisive. Because something happened that hasn't happened ever in the history of ba- in the World Series. That's how good they are. It's a back kind of anomaly for the Kansas City Royals to win the World Series. Yeah. You're just trying to justify it. That's my point. I'm never going to get across to you, Jess, because I know that you can't think other than what you picked. But I understand. But I'm not trying to just justify. I trust me. I am justifying what I did. But I'm trying to tell you, explain to you that the Mets, I think, were just as good as the Royals, if not better, coming into this series, and they had the better pitching. Right, and I'm saying they were unprepared because they if were both teams good. 100% played their A game. Mets win this series. I know that's on paper. I know it doesn't matter. That's why the games. I get it. I'm not stupid, Jess, but. My point is, it took something that's never happened in the history of the World Series for the Royals to win the game. But, I mean, also with the Red Sox in 04, they, no team ever came back from being down 03. It took them that to win the World Series. And are you going to tell us that the Yankees were a better team in that series? Uh, you don't want to hear my answer. <laughs> so that's a yes. So that's a yes. So honestly, yeah. you, just, you just go by what should happen and not by what actually happens. Look, and, and, and like go back to 04. Use your example, Lauren. Yes, the Red Sox won. They, can't, they did something that never had happened before, and that's what they had to do to win the World Series. The Yankees were the better team that year. Point blank, the Yankees were the better team that year. And it took something that has never happened before for the Red Sox to win the World Series. I'm obviously a Red Sox fan. I am through the moon if it happened. I get chills every time I watch that. But that's what my point is with the Mets. The Mets are like the Yankees that year. They were the better team. And no one gave them credit because of the collapse they made. Obviously, this isn't a huge collapse by the Mets. It's not. They, they weren't up 3-0. But... My point is, it's, t- it's not like the Royals were clear-cut the better team coming into this series. But why not? They had more wins in the regular season. They, they, yeah, yeah, the Mets swept the Cubs, but the Royals took care of the, the Blue Jays fairly easily. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can say the Mets were the better team. Like, I thought the Royals were the best team in the league the entire year. Weren't they? I'm never going to get They had the most wins you. in the American okay. League. Lauren, who do you think was the better team? I mean, obviously it shows the better team was the Royals. Um, right. Going in. I think the Cardinals were the best team all year, but they obviously they're, I know they're not there. But, like, I think the Cardinals were the best team all year. In the regular season, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, and that's what you said the Royals were. They had the most wins all season. That's what you just justified to me why the Royals were the best team. You said they had the most wins all year. Well, the Royals were the best team in the American League. But the Mets certainly weren't the best team in either league. I don't know how to respond to this. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing crap against the wall right now, and I know it's never going to come down, so I'm not going to bother. I do, I do, Jared, have one question for you, because you, you said that the Royals were a boring team. Yes. Yeah, please explain that to us. Was this, like, good enough for you? Like, are they still boring? Because watching this, I was like, how could you think that they're so boring? I think they were less boring when they added Cueto, because that's a name. You know, like, to me... 
I don't know how the Royals are so good. I really don't. Like, I get it. They have a couple good pitchers. Like, the bullpen's good, but, like, they don't have that guy. And and clearly, I know in baseball you don't 100% need, like, that guy. But, like, the Mets are more exciting to watch. They have young names. They have veterans. Obviously, I'm a huge David Wright fan. But, like, adding Johnny Cueto helped. But, I don't know. To me, it's just all year I, I could care less to watch a Kansas City Royals game. No one cares to watch a Kansas City Royals game unless you're from Kansas City. But, see, you say they don't have that guy. That's because all their guys are that guy, because they have a great team of nine players, not one player. And that's boring to watch. No, that's how you win. It's boring to watch. The Red Sox in 04 had that guy. They had two of those that guys. Ortiz and Manny. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's why that team was fun to watch. This team, I could care less to watch a regular season Kansas City Royals game. Okay, but the fact that they were, like, I don't know if you guys saw the stat, like, against fastballs, they, like, literally, like, never miss. I think it was against DeGrom, they swung and missed it, like, either one or zero fastballs the entire game. Like, they never swing and miss. They never strike out. Like, they're such a good team because they always make contact. They're always – which is why they're always in games because they always put the ball in play and make things happen, which leads to errors and leads to all the stuff that happened in the series, which makes them incredible players because they're never – they never give up at the plate. You know, two-strike hitting, all that stuff, that's incredible. But there's no excitement to that. That's just – that's I mean, again, like, that's just – that's like old-school baseball. That's not exciting to watch. My point isn't that they're not good – my point is that they're boringly good. Okay, well, to me, a team that's never out of a game and that always is exciting and has what, what they have, like, five or six, seven comeback wins in the playoffs this year, that's exciting. Like, that's the exact opposite of boring. Like, that's what makes the playoffs fun is teams that are never out of it and keep coming back in games. That's awesome. And that attitude right there is why baseball is in decline. Because people want, people nowadays want flair. They want. They still want the offense. Obviously, the steroid era tainted baseball, but that's what people want. People who like the Kansas City Royals. I'm not singling you out, just as people out there who like the Royals are people who watch baseball no matter what. And the, the general public will find the Kansas City Royals boring. I don't agree. <laughs> I'm just gonna, we're going to move on because I'm not going to get anywhere you two babbling on and I'm not going to make a case because you, neither of you are going to agree with me. So we're going to move on. Um, let's talk about the series in general, though. Again, let's talk about the Harvey situation last night, Jess, because I know you want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I think that Terry Collins made a mistake leaving him in past that walk. I don't think it was a mistake letting him pitch the ninth inning. I, I do think it was a mistake, however, to tell him he wasn't pitching the ninth inning and then say, you know what, now you, know, you can go. Go ahead. Never mind. You're right. You want the game. If you say no, if you decide he's done, that's it. He's done. Don't let him change your mind. Well, but if you let him go, then first sign of trouble gone, and that's what that walk was. First sign of trouble. Yeah, you're totally right. He needs to. He has to stick to his guns. He can't let. He can't. He's the manager. He needs to make the decisions. And I know a lot of people are comparing this to Grady Little in 2003, which is it's pretty. It's pretty close to the same thing. So I can see. Mm-hmm. I can see why people would say that. And I have quotes from Terry Collins right here. He said, obviously, I let my heart get in the way of my gut. I love my players. I trust them. And so I said, go get him out. So he wasn't going to pitch him. Harvey said, I, oh, okay, I have the quote here, too. Harvey said, I want this game. I want it bad. You've got to leave me in. So basically, he just said, and he also, he also said, I want this game in the worst way. Even though Terry Collins said, Matt, you've got exactly what, you've got us exactly where we wanted to, to get you. That's this is what I don't get about the whole situation. All year long, they were so anal about his pitch count. He has to pitch this many innings and this many this many games. He'd already thrown 102 pitches in eight innings. 
they're up two runs. They have one of the best closers in the league. I don't see why how he could even think to leave to even pitch him in the ninth inning with 102 pitches, just strictly because of this whole pitch count thing. That was obviously Collins just getting persuaded by Harvey. Harvey getting too emotional for the moment and really wanted to be the first pitcher in 22 years to pitch a complete game shutout in a game where your back's against the wall. I get that, but like he he shouldn't have let him persuade him, and he paid for it, and I think that's fine because. He, I I want to say because he deserved that because he should have known that Harvey breaks down after a certain amount of pitches, which is why they're so anal about that stuff. So like they did win exactly the opposite of what they always do. Yeah, it was a terrible call, terrible decision making, and just I don't understand if you like. I know Terry Collins said his heart got in the way of his gut, but that's when you need to step in and be a manager and not be such a nice person, like like a fan. Yeah, your back's up against the wall. Yeah, I know. I understand the emotion of the game and. People want this, and Matt Harvey obviously wanted it, but like you said, Jess, they were so anal about this whole pitch count, innings pitched, whatever, that you're in a game that you need to win. And when you have a closer like they do, why isn't he being utilized in a safe situation when your pitch count of your starter is already high? It just, it, I don't know. I was just dumbfounded by that. And, like, even if he made the decision on his own to let him pitch tonight, and even, okay, let, let's play the way it did happen. He, let, he got bugged by his heart and let him pitch the ninth. Then he come out and said, oh, well, I wasn't going to let him just pitch one batter. Then that, there's no point in putting him out there. Well, first of all, good job for realizing you're an idiot. <laughs> but two, but two, who cares if you think it's the wrong decision? You, If he makes a walk, why would you let him go? He's clearly out of control. Because you could see that first pitch he threw in the ninth inning was high and gone. And it was just, he was amped up, especially after the way it happened. Terry Collins didn't even tell Matt Harvey he wasn't going back in. He made the pitching coach do it. And as soon as the pitching coach told him he wasn't going back in, he went right over to Terry Collins and got in that argument. And then Terry Collins let him go, and we all know what happened. But after that walk, you can see he's under control. You can see he's highly emotional. That's it. For, that's what you tell him. If you're going to let him pitch the ninth, even after him persuading you, first sign of trouble, you're done. That's it. Right, and at that point in the game, it's still, it's still reasonably a familiar. He'd come in, get a double play, and the walk didn't even matter. Exactly. And... As much as he was blowing saves, Familia obviously has had a good year and he's a good closer. Oh, you got to trust so him still, yeah. You have to trust him still. But that that's where it should have happened. And obviously, he's going to question himself, and that is Terry Collins for a while. Um, obviously, Matt Harvey's not going to be happy with himself. But that's the way it happened. I think Terry Collins is just a boob and is not a great manager. And you kind of saw it last night. Well, I wouldn't say he's not a great manager. I just think his decisions in a big game and he wants to obviously he wants to see his pitchers and players do well too but I don't think it makes him a bad manager I just think it's a bad decision that's gonna obviously come at him and eat at him for a while and same with Harvey but I don't I don't I don't think he's a bad manager by any means he got his team to the World Series okay I would say it's not terribly okay that's probably a little bit of strong words <laughs> I do that a lot. let's see what he does next year let's see what he does next year with a team that's probably still going to be pretty good and has a chance to go win the World Series. Um, I saw earlier the Dodgers are the favorites to win, right? Yep. The Dodgers, right? Then the Cubs are like second. Yeah, I, I don't care where the Dodgers are. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know. I just I just thought that was hilarious. Um, these guys are going to be right back in it next year. Um, and let's see where he does next year. I'm intrigued by the whole Harvey storyline. If he's back there next year, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they look to trade him. Because that whole saga is stupid with his pitch limit. Um, but that being said, last night was contradicting because they let him pitch, even though his pitch count, like you said, Jess, all year they haven't been letting him pitch. 
And now they're like, oh, screw it, you can pitch. It just doesn't make any sense. It literally doesn't make any sense. I like him. I like Collins. I think I think he is a good manager for the most part. And I know that these situations, you kind of just lose your head. But that's part of being a manager. It's just you can't you yep. can't lose your head. You got to. No one's perfect. I'm not stupid. Like right. I know no one's perfect. And he admitted to it. He said it didn't work. He said it was my fault. Like I screwed it up. So I'm glad that he didn't come out and say like, yeah, that was the right decision. I should have left him in, and he blew it, and that's great. Like that. <laughs> then I would have been like, who's this guy? Who does he think he is? Or it wasn't the uh, the cookie cutter John Farrell answer sugarcoating everything. Well, you know, we had a little tightness, but I thought he'd be okay to let him <laughs> in. Like right. like just just tell us how it is and. He, to his credit, Terry Collins did. Right, which I'm happy about. So it was just a tough, tough decision, but I just I can't get over the fact that it's the exact opposite of what they've been preaching all season. That just in the biggest game of the year, when you have such a slim lead, when you have to win, and it's your home game, like you still have to go back in Kansas City and win two two road games. Like give yourself a chance. Like don't don't blow it right away in this game, and yeah. they did. So tough. Let's tough play. let's stay with the Mets before we kind of break down the Royal side of things, including the MVP of the series. Where was Daniel Murphy this past week? Ooh. Like, 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 really though? Like, literally, he was on fire coming into this series. And the Royals' starting pitching isn't when your guy's hitting the ball as well as he was. And the Royals' starting pitching isn't the Mets' starting pitching. Like, he should have been able to hit better than he did. Well, here's the thing with this that I think he's not as good as as he did as he was in the rest of the postseason. He was just out of this world, and we were like, how is this guy doing so well off all these incredible pitchers? And then yeah, he just came back to earth. I mean, he didn't, he couldn't keep it up, and he kind of went back more to how he actually is as a player. I'm looking at the stats here, he had three hits in the series out of 19 at bats, three for 19. You know, uh, two runs, no doubles, no home runs, no RBI. He was basically invisible, and most importantly, two huge errors in huge parts of both games. But he was one of the biggest problems of what you said, Jared, of your. Your, uh, why the Mets blew the series was, you know, he had two huge errors that that Kansas City took advantage of and won games because of. So he didn't just he wasn't just bad and invisible. He was detrimental in a huge way, which I guess evens itself out because they probably wouldn't have been there if without his heroics and the rest of the postseason. So I see it as or at least wouldn't have swept the Mets. I mean, uh, yeah, no, definitely not. So I just see it as as things evening out and going back to the averages and it's unfortunate for him and for them that that happened to come for him in the world series because it really, really hurt them. He's there. Jackie Bradley jr. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It it was just, it's so hard because obviously Lauren and I root for the Mets and I'll stay, I'll stand by the Mets clearly until I die at this point. Um, This guy, obviously there's no way he's as good as he was saying. Like you said, Jess, there's no way that that's unreal numbers. But the quick the the quick drop off is what gets me, and maybe it was the the time off they had because they swept the Cubs, so maybe he just wasn't getting the at bats and he wasn't still playing, so it kind of lost it. That might be it. I don't know, but there's that's probably the only thing I can think of that would be explanation for the switch that just went from like hundred to zero. I mean, he had a really good series, obviously in the World Series, he just fizzled out, and I think that comes with a lot of. A lot of players in general, they have really good hot streaks, and it's like, oh, is this the real deal? And we wait a week, and it turns out it's not the real deal, and it, that pretty much happened with with him. He's really just not that good, like you know, the regular season. No, then why I think the Mets said they don't want to bring him back either. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, the regular season, two eighty one, fourteen over, seventy three RBI. Not bad, not, by any stretch of the imagination. It's a pretty decent amount of RBI, but you know, not a whole lot of. Uh, not a ton of power, you know, average not even at 300. Like, he's not that good of a player, and he's never been that good of a player. That was just absolutely absurd. So, it's just, yeah, it's just he's just not that good. 
<laughs> Murphy didn't have his moments, that's for sure, this series. Um, one moment that I did enjoy for the Mets in this, in this series was the Noah Syndergaard situation with uh, Alcides Escobar. Um, Lauren, do you want to explain this to everyone? Um, yeah, he Noah Syndergaard just threw up and in and at Escobar and because they swing at a lot of first first pitches, and I think we talked about that last week. And uh, he came out after the game and said, yeah, that's what I did. If you have a problem with it, meet me at the mound. And I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a fan of it. I don't think the Royals should have complained. Well, okay, I have. A, I know you read the, the Syndergaard quote earlier, so I can read the uh, the Escobar quote here. He said, I, he said, I didn't like it. He said yesterday that he had a plan against my aggressiveness. If that was a plan, it's a stupid plan. No pitcher should throw a 98-mile-per-hour fastball, uh, mile-per-hour pitch at the head of a batter in the first at-bat. If he wants to, he can throw it at my feet. He can throw it at part of my body, but not at my head. That's just wrong. I see his point, and obviously the faster it gets, the more dangerous it gets. But it, I, I was just Syndergaard sending a message, and he just wanted to show him that he wasn't gonna gonna throw him a fat pitch, and that's the way to send a message: is to go to go closer to the head. You don't want to go at the head, but at least closer to the head is the way to do it. So it's kind of all Cinderard could do if that's what he was going to do. I can still ask him why I didn't like it, but I also don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love the fire. I love the passion. Um, like we said a little bit earlier, they just they don't. No one hates each other anymore in the sport. They're all buddy buddy. Kind of all professional sports, really. But um, so it's nice to see a little fire, a little energy. Syndergaard brought a little uh, um, enthusiasm and fire to that team, that, and just right away, no, no, uh, no waiting around for sure. Um, so it was great there. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the good old World Series MVP. Do you guys think Salvador Perez deserved it? You can go first. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on it, but I guess at the end of the series. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't know I just, I don't. Can you sit here and if I asked you, okay, Lauren, why why did he deserve it? Can you actually give me an answer? Not a I, good answer. <laughs> I, I can give you an answer. Go ahead, Jess. He had eight hits. I mean, he was eight for twenty-two, and he had he had two RBI. I mean, it's literally the especially the the less games a World Series goes to, you basically ha- pretty much have to go by stats for the most part. And you know, you got you got eight hits, and that's. That's a solid amount for five games. You know, he had a three-hit game, he had a two-hit game. He had a hit, at least one hit in every game. So they're just looking for the consistency. You know, three runs, eight hits, two doubles, two RBI. It's like it was kind of by default, just because he was consistent and played really well. It not did he throw a guy know. out in this series? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. I think he so did. You got to go, go by catcher too, yeah, because he's a great catcher too. Because he he's a pretty good game caller. He's a pretty good game manager, and he's a consistency for that pitching staff, whether it's starting pitching or obviously the studs that are in the bullpen. Um, I think he deserved it. That's where I was kind of going with it. I think he deserves this. I think, like you said, Jess, he was for five games. He was consistent as you probably could be. Um, right. Like you said, average hit a game. Um, I think I believe he threw someone out. I don't remember, but I believe he threw someone out this series. I don't know who else you could have picked off a Royals team like that. That's the thing. Everyone's so good, and like like I said nine guys who are really good, so they're all consistent ball players, so you just got to basically look at the stats and see <laughs> see who did the best, and I think he definitely did the best in terms they're of all offense. In- don't say they're all they're MVPs. All- That's, oh. <laughs> oh, don't bring that crap here. The entire are- Royal squad, MVPs. <laughs> MVPs, all of them. Johnny- you all get a truck. You get a truck. You get a truck. <laughs> Everybody gets a truck. Everybody gets a Chevy. Uh, like, oh, shit. 
Lord. Kind of how it is with them, though. That's that's how they do it. So, but I like it. Oh, I like that he got man. it. He's a good player. He's one of the best catchers in the league. He's he's a big presence in every way possible. You wouldn't have given it to Volquez? No, because he kept him in the games that he pitched, but he didn't pitch fantastic. You know, he didn't do a Matt Harvey eight innings of shutout ball, or you know, Johnny Cueto two hit one run shutout. Uh, not shutout, but complete game. So yep. it's he didn't pitch well enough individually to get that. He's pitching with a heavy heart, though, Volquez. I'm totally impressed with what he did. It's Me not, too. It's just not worth MVP. Do you... We'll talk about that for a second right now, because I just kind of brought it up. Do you think that the they made the right decision not telling him about his dad until after that game first, that first game? Yeah. I think it, yeah, I think Go it's ahead. gone either way, but um, I feel they felt he was zoned in, he was ready to go, and why why screw that up? And I know it's a terrible loss for when you're with your father, but But wouldn't you want to know? Like if your dad knew, wouldn't you want to know right away? If I'm pitching in a World Series game, I feel like <laughs> that would just totally mess with your head. I think it Don't yeah. You think? And I think I know they say But he knew last night. But I think yeah, but he had the time to go home and say his goodbyes. Right, he went yep. to the funeral, he left the team for yep. a day, yeah. But I know that's hard, like you gotta fly there and come back and then be with the team and like you need to get back to reality really quick, but I guess that's their reality, and they need to get back and be with their team and do their job. And yep. it's unfortunate, and it's a terrible loss. But it, it's what was what I shouldn't say it's what you sign up for, but you never know what can happen. And so impressed though that he could pitch pitch pretty well in game one. Find out about that, leave the team, miss a game, come back, pitch a game five that they could win the World Series in. Like he was gutsy. I'm, I'm really impressed. I'd be a mess. I know. <laughs> For once, I actually agree with both of you at the same oh, time. Oh, yes! God, it's a um, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. It might have been the Halloween situation. The full moon, it's got to be. Full moon right. came out or something, but I do agree with both of you all at the same time. Um, I, I wouldn't have told him. It's not, he's not, he's, he's, so, I hate to say it, but his dad wasn't going anywhere. He was a found out right after, and he found out as soon as he came out. Like, they told him as soon as he was done pitching that what happened. Um and didn't he come out and say he was okay with it? Didn't he say something on it? I think you're right. I think he did say he was he was okay with it. He said he was cool with the decision. So I agree with it. You, you you have a guy who is trying to win a World Series, and you know how important it is to his team. He probably would have done the same thing. Like it's just the way it is. And I I agree with you guys completely. Wow. And I love I love that he that she clipped that. I should get that audio and like play it over and over for you guys, <laughs> so you guys actually don't realize it happened. I know. I'm shocked. I love it. No, but that's another reason. I mean. Yeah, I know you can call it sappy stories or whatever, but you know his dad died, Mike Moustakis's mom died this year, and Chris Young's mom also died. So three deaths of parents of this team. So why not be champions? That's great. Yeah, no. I feel like a death like that kind of fuels them more to like do better. Yeah, especially if it's multiple players. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, they know what they're going through. They, of course, like they're all there for each other. But when you have somebody there who actually has experienced something like that, it makes it a little easier. Yeah. So one more thing I want to I want to touch on before we um, break away from the World Series talk and kind of do some other MLB news here, um, leading towards the offseason stuff, um, cause, especially because he's so popular around here still. Um, how much of a role does Johnny Gomes get for this World Series? I know he didn't play. He wasn't on the roster. This, was he the guy who put this team over the edge? Was he the getting helped them get over the hump? This guy's a winner. He's proven. I mean, he's definitely, he's clearly fun to be around, and he's definitely a good presence in the clubhouse, uh, but he didn't play in the World Series. 
I think you got to give. It doesn't completely matter, right? You, no, you, gotta, but, you got locker room guys get credit. Well, no, because like, like I said, he has a very good presence, and I think he's. I would love to have him around, like to pump me up. Bring him back. Like, Bring him back. Come on, I'll, I'll take him any day. I need week. that motivation just to get me out of bed. Like, yeah. Right? <laughs> no, you're right. It's. I like it. I love what he does. I think they would have won the World Series either way, but I think it is. It's definitely important because you got to have that clubhouse person. You. He was so huge for us in 2013. Also, with the bat, he hit that huge home run in Game Four. But just in the clubhouse, in the dugout, just you know, ripping people's beards off and <laughs> getting in their face and just like running his mouth constantly, like you know, and actually talking about baseball, you know, <laughs> at that side of it too. I think he's, I think he's a huge influence, and he's that excites guys, right? It gets you get pumped up. It gets you ready to play. You feel like you have a purpose. You like got to go out and win this game. You got to have people like that. And so whether he played or not. I think he did have a huge influence. Like I said, I think they win either way, but I certainly can't hurt, and I think that the clubhouse leadership is definitely underrated and something that you should definitely give high props to because a lot of people just kind of look, look past it. Even if we didn't have the history of knowing what he could do for a locker room, if, look, don't be Red Sox fans for a second. If you're an outsider looking into this team and you watch that play that happened last night when they got that tying run when he ran from third base to come home, who was at the top of that dugout, the first one to jump over? Johnny Gomes. It was Johnny Gomes. Yep. In a sweatshirt, not on the roster. Johnny Gomes was the first one jumping over the railing and re- greet, ready there to greet him. And that's because he says a lot. He, he, knows what he, he knows what his role is, and he knows what he needs to do. He's okay with not, being, he being, not even being good enough to be on the, on the active roster. He just knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing, and he does it. And do you think mm-hmm. some of it, like, obviously it comes from him being a good clubhouse presence, but do you think it could have been because he was there in 2013 with the Red Sox, he had an impact with the Red Sox on and off the field? Do you think he was, like, more okay with it? Like, he, he knew, That was his role on that team. He shouldn't have played those games. They just happened to get put in uh, in 2013. But he made it complete, uh, though. At those games. You know that's why they, the Royals traded for him. Oh, definitely. It makes sense. A guy who could kind of help them play down the stretch when they didn't need to play all their starters, and then during the play but postseason, they they watched all those videos. They saw what he did for that Red Sox clubhouse. They weren't stupid. I'm sure they did. But you can't forget though, with the Red Sox, they were eight and zero in the playoffs in twenty thirteen when he started. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. He's not that good of a hitter or or player or anything. Well, well, but... well hey, Jess, we want we want him to go to war with. Remember that. Right. You gotta, I love that quote. That quote. So he gives the best quotes. Oh yeah. Well, I the best part about that one, and just reminiscing quickly, was the fact that he asked Ken Rosenthal to ask him that question. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, right. He knew that answer was coming. He told Ken Rosenthal, ask me this. Okay. And Ken Rosenthal often, um, awesomely said, you asked me to just, you just told me to ask you this, so I'm going to ask you. <laughs> and then asked. <laughs> That's Johnny Gomes for you. I love Johnny he Gomes. He doesn't awesome. care. But, no, he really but just it. the fact that Christian Colon, the first thing he said was, Johnny Gomes, man, he did, he did a great job with me being ready to pinch hit in the series. The first guy he credits is Johnny Gomes. It's Christian Colon, nobody knows who he is. He gets the game, the go-ahead RBI in the series, basically not even playing. Well, think about it, Jesse. Think about it. That's what Johnny Gomes' role was. Right. He was the pinch hitter who came in for the spark, the bat, and hopefully it's a home run. That was what Christian Colon's role was, and Johnny Gomes helped him. Which just makes perfect sense, because Gomes is probably just, every game is probably like, be ready to pinch hit, be ready to pinch hit. You got your moment, man. You go and get there. Like I bet he was just like, Probably left. all over. Right. He was probably all over Christian Colon the entire series. And then this happened, and it's just like, wow. He's like, exactly oh, oh my God, Johnny Gomes, you were right. Yes, Johnny Gomes, I love you. Praise Johnny Gomes. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I love Johnny Gomes. 
All right, well, there, there's our uh, cap on the 15 World Series and, of course, the 2015 season. Sad but true. There's no more baseball now until February. That series gives a lot uh, to talk about, though. We, just, we fill a lot of time there talking about five games. <laughs> we pretty much fill the show over five games. So, uh, But sad and upsetting, the baseball season's over. Obviously, around here, we have a little more leeway. We get some good sports to watch for the, until February comes around. But um, obviously, today marks the first day of the offseason, so we're going to talk on a few things before we get out of here. Um, first thing, let's stay with the Royals. Alex Gordon already being linked to the Red Sox. Not, and this was the other day. The series hadn't been over yet, and this was a this was a story. Um, Jess, you found a story that said him quoting that he wanted to stay in KC. Yeah, that was just from today, do actually. This, do you think this is a realistic chance? Do you think he's coming here? I would love it. I would definitely like it. I don't know how realistic it is, and it's it's always tough to know when like this article that I found. It's tough to know how much these guys mean what they say he's this is a kc article too right this is like it was local yeah yeah this is a local outlet so you don't know how much these like this this is one of those articles where you could see it as a you ask him the question you get the response oh well he wants to stay well of course he wants to stay at some extent he just won a world series with that team that's exactly where i was going with it like he he just won and they do an article with him you know he says i want to be back trust me this is my home i love kansas city i love the fans i love everything about kansas city what's he gonna say i see myself anywhere else i hope it works out that's the thing like he says that but then you know, as the excitement wears off and then the off season moves on, he could totally change his mind. You never know. But it's also, he's, he's also been with the team for 10 years, and that's a long time to be with one team. And he's true. What, 30 or 31, something like that. So when you spend your whole your entire 20s with one team, I can see why, like, yeah, it would become your home. But I can still see it, like, what, what else are they going to say, especially right after a World Series win? What would it take to get him here? Brian Johnson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brian Johnson was in a car. Uh, had his car broken. Yeah, carjacking. I know. Poor guy. He's okay though. Speaking of Brian Johnson, but anyway, um, what would it take to get Alex Gordon here? Seriously, I'm con- I'm I'm actually curious because since these rumors are true, I really I've wanted him more and more every day. I don't know. I mean, it's with his age, but he, I mean, he played a huge role with the Kansas City this year. You'd have to give him. I assume you'd have to give him. I don't want to go too far into the talk of who, let's make a trade here, but like. Rex. You got to think that you got to give him one of the stud outfielders that you're banking on right now, right? Or like a, a stud outfielder, like some a handful, not a handful, but maybe a prospect or two, or maybe even like a Henry Owens or something. Would a package headlined by Jackie Bradley Jr. would say like Henry Owens and maybe Blake Swihart get him here? I think so, because I I don't know. It's like, it's hard to know since like Lauren, you said he is 31 years old, so you don't want to give up too much. Because if you go up Mookie Betts, then everyone's gonna be like, what are you doing? Like this guy's 31 years old. But, yeah, he's kind of a late bloomer. He started at third base. He was supposed to be really good, and he was very, very average for his first couple of years. Then he got switched to left field and just all of a sudden remembered why he was supposed to be so good. So he he kind of got started a little bit later. So I think he still has a lot more to offer, and he's obviously a winner. But I don't think you should, and I don't think they would give up too, too much for him just because of his age and just, you know, how long he has played already at a – you know. I think for the right price, it's worth it, though, because he's a, now he obviously he's a vet. He's a veteran, but, uh, went, proven winner. They just won the World Series, and he is still a great defender. He's on one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. So but I think it's worth it if you can get him for the right price. But would you want somebody who has, like, like three to five years left in the league, or would you want somebody like Mookie Betts or Jackie Bradley Jr., who probably have 10, 9, 12 years or something? Well, I don't think I sh- you should be giving up Mookie Betts anytime soon. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think Dombrowski's that dumb. Um, but Jackie Bradley, sure, because I don't think he's going to be anywhere near as good as he, people think he might be because of what he did the end of last year or this year, whatever it was. Um, 
I I'm all in. He's only what you said. He's right. Thirty, Jess. Right. He's thirty one. Okay, he'll play for probably five six more years. And in left field at Fenway, that's that's okay. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth it. Give up a lower tier one. People more people are excited about kind of like Bradley Jr. or Henry Owens. I like both those as examples for people you could give up for him because he's not a top tier like outfield. You know what I mean? He's not like a top tier stud in this league either. Right. You know what I mean? Just, so he's not going to take you like over the moon. Like, oh, here's. Here's Xander Bogarts. Give me Alex Gordon. It's not going to need that. You don't need no, to do that. He's not one of the best players in the league or anything like that. Exactly. But he's a veteran bat with the, with good defense in a small left field. He'll, he'll be able to play here for a while. My only concern, and it's probably as much of a concern, but is if it would be kind of like a Carl Crawford thing where you're on the same team for so long, like Crawford was in Tampa Bay and Gordon's in yeah. Kansas City, then he come to Boston, he switched teams finally and just like forget how to play baseball. I think Gordon has a better makeup than Carl Crawford does. I think so, and he's played in the big stage, and he's played in huge games and done great in good games, which Crawford never did. So, I don't. I, that's why I was saying I don't think it's going to be like that. But just, just the amount of years that he's been on the, the same team and how this whole situation is working out, it kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> but I, I would like to see it. Um, obviously, he said he wanted to go back, like we said, but who knows? We'll keep, uh, early in the off season here on Red Sox beat, of course, and we'll keep an eye on that. Um, Another person who opted for agency today, who not really surprising, is Jonas Cespedes. Um, I would like to see him back in a Mets uniform, guys, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either, but, I mean, anything can happen in the offseason. You know, we know that, but I, I think he fitted really well with the Mets, and I think he found a good place for himself, but eh, who knows where he'll be next year. He just seems like, I don't know, he just doesn't seem that dedicated to like one specific team like he seems to have no problems jumping from team to team to team to team like you know see wouldn't he think about what he's done in the last month or so he's been awful he had like four or five hits if that like i don't i don't know i don't have the stats in front of me but i know they're bad um he hasn't done anything for that team his free agency stock can't be that high so you got to think he if he really cared about the money and that's what he cares about you think he'd stay at the mets for a year build up have a good solid season and then maybe do it then I, I think his best bet would be to stay with the Mets. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk, it's hard to tell how popular around the league he is. You know, I know some people have had some problems with him. He's butted head with some people. You know, most Red Sox fans, I know you like him, Jared, but most Red Sox fans didn't seem to have that much of an issue of getting rid of him pretty quickly. So yeah. I don't know how much of a, you know, he's, he's not much of a clubhouse guy. He seems like a little, a little difficult to get along with. So I don't know how highly sought after he will be. So I'm definitely interested to see who wants them and who ends up getting them. Yeah, so that'll, that's, um, yeah, like you said, Jess, I don't really know what his stock is around the league. I think some people love him, some people hate him, but um, guy brings a flair to the game, and I think it's good for the team. That's He's part of the reason, if not the whole reason, why the Mets made the playoffs and had a good end of the season, because he brought that bat. Obviously, it kind of crashed and burned at the wrong time. But um, So we'll see where that goes. Another news in baseball uh, one of the bigger ones this week was Don Mattingly being hired at the uh, for the manager job at the Marlins. Um, he came out and said that he, his quote was something like to the lines of, I signed for four years, but I expect to be here for at least ten type thing. Um, he wants to be the guy to solve the carousel down there for the manager position in Florida. I think he will. I mean, he's he whenever he gets on a team, he stays for a while. You know, he's with the he was with the Dodgers for five years, and obviously they were successful every year. Not in the playoffs, but they were a successful regular season team at least. So if he can get this team back you know, from the 60-70 win team they've been for a while to something more in the 80s or 90s and start making them be respectable again and actually get them closer to, if not in the playoffs, then 
though obviously wanted to have him stick around for a while because they've had such crappy managers and such average teams for so long that they just need somebody like him to like stabilize things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a good call by the Marlins, and I think he's going to be the guy to do it. I mean, like Jess said, he doesn't he doesn't jump from team to team. He's he's he can commit to a team and. I think he's going to be the one to just build them up and get them out of this 60-70 win thing that they like to do. Yeah, um, I feel bad for Giancarlo Stanton, really, and I hope that they are good for his sake because I'd like to see him in the spotlight. I'd like to see that guy flourish in the playoffs and have a big moment, and I think you obviously have to have a good team to do that, so we'll see what happens there. Um, one more thing I want to bring up, because he's my boo, uh, Xander Bogarts up for the Gold Glove Award. What a, what a year! What difference a year makes, guys? Yeah. <laughs> He was such an average defender last year. Yeah, suddenly it's like love. <laughs> like he really turned his game around. He just showed what, why we kept him and why he's here. And I, I, I think he's got a really good chance of getting it. And obviously, there's other very good candidates out there. But it'd be nice if, after a crappy season, if something good came out of it. Especially because he didn't get the batting title. So yeah. um, or an All Star appearance. Or an All Star appearance. He's gotten screwed on multiple things. So yeah, uh, I look for. Ne- so, spoiler alert here, I expect a really big year from Xander Bogarts next year. Um, <laughs> oh, you do? No way. Yeah, if he doesn't make the All-Star team next year, I'd be shocked. Because um, everyone realizes missed, at this point how dumb that was yeah. if he didn't. I think this year Xander made his presence known, and adding, we already know the guy can hit. That's why he was a big prospect. He was projected to be number three in the lineup. He was at the end of the year. Um, this guy's defense was always the issue. That's why people were torn about Glacius or him, because Glacius' defense was phenomenal. And his bat turned around a little bit this year, too, with Detroit. But Xander is the full package now, and being up for a gold glove proves that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't get any better than well, winning a gold glove, yeah. But, I mean, once you're nominated for one and you're up to get one, I think you've really made your mark and you've proven yourself as a pretty decent player, I'd say. The fact that he's a gold glove candidate and second in the batting title, wow. And at 20 Talk about an all-around player. <laughs> Yeah, you got to love Xander Bogarts, and we all know how much I love Xander Bogarts, so I'll never say anything bad about the kid, unless he really deserves it. Um, but there you go. This episode of Red Sox Beat is, and of course, always is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics, and enter that promo code Celtics. We're excited to welcome a new advertiser. Casper is an online retailer of those great mattresses. They're comfortable. They're soft. Um, it's like sleeping on a cloud. They're great. Um, so, yeah, definitely go check it out. Again, it's cashpro.com backslash Celtics, and that promo code is, of course, Celtics. This, is, of course, is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. Again, find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat, new clean fresh Twitter handle on Facebook. We're on uh, Tumblr, iTunes, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. You know the drill by now. Get the word out there and, and share us. Um, we, we appreciate everything you do guys do for us as listeners to keep our name out there. And we're going to be here. It's officially the offseason. We're going to be here every week talking offseason, talking hot stove. Everyone loves a good hot stove conversation. So we're going to bring that to you every week um, on uh, most recent news and stuff like that around the league. And, of course, with your Boston Red Sox again. Congrats to the Kansas City Royals for winning the 2015 World Series Championship. Um, I expect the Red Sox to be somewhere competitive next year, at least making the playoffs, hopefully. For Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, I am Derek Kelly. We'll talk to you next week. Happy off-season and enjoy the week.